dear listeners, and welcome to another podcast, the chillest podcast, one might say, Chilling in the State House. I am Andrew Ball, the Topeka Capital Journal's state house and state government reporter, and I am joined by friend of the podcast, John Hanna of the Associated Press. Hello, Andrew. John, it's good to have you here. Yeah, it's good to be it's good to be here. You know, I it's it's summertime, which means things are just exceptionally chill. And I'm glad that you were able to bring that energy to the podcast. Well, I, I'm glad. And, 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 you know, I'm just feeling the chill vibe. It's like extra air conditioning. In here. <laughs> we're going to talk about something that on the surface might not seem chill, but it's very important. And that is the fact that cash rules everything about Topeka at the moment. We're getting some... Revenue numbers in. We're not as screwed financially as us as we can might you, have initially thought. Can you thought. say that on? I guess on the. I don't know. In the old days, you you wouldn't be able to say that. What's in? We're John. We're chill. We're hip. We're young. We're okay. Pushing boundaries, and this is this is how we're doing it. Yes, yeah. and it's the the good thing is the economy appears to be recovering. Let's. We'll take a look nationally. I'll, I'll talk a little bit about that today, Friday. A jobs report employers added 150,000 jobs. Uh, I'm sorry, 850,000 jobs in June across the country. Which is pretty good. Better than expected. Um, the first quarter of the year led economists to believe, some economists to believe that uh, this could be the stronger, strongest year for the economy in terms of the overall percentage of growth in seven decades. And the stock market ended uh, June with the best first half of the year it's had since 1998, I think. And so, Don't change that dial. You're not listening to CNBC. <laughs> this is chilling in the state house. Yeah, I, I, I'm trying to say all those numbers with as much chillness as I uh, as I can muster. And so, uh, as a result, I mean, perhaps the state uh, today released the the tax collection figures for June, and that means for the entire 2021 fiscal year, the state starts its fiscal year six months before the calendar year. Um, And so what that that means is the state uh, tax collections were about $8.9 billion, that's $758 million more than expected, and that's a surplus of about 9.3%. And here's here's the fun thing, um, the state. What isn't fun about revenue? What isn't fun? Um, the the fun thing is is that it looks like the state entered the fiscal year with one point nine billion dollars. That's billion with a B in cash reserves. It's ending balance is the technical term for it. And if you want to break that down, that's. The money, the money we have left over after the budget. Yes. Plus this new windfall, I guess, if you will. Yes, exactly. And so that is the highest raw total probably ever. I mean, back in the early '80s, the budget wasn't even 1.9 billion total. So, but it's about it's roughly 25 percent of the spending finance state general fund spending. That's the spending finance with these general state tax dollars that percentage is the well i went looking and i could 
confirm that it was the highest since at least July 1980. Now, when I started getting up in the library and getting into the old budget books, they didn't compile statistics in quite the same way. So I'd have to do more work to kind of figure out what the figures are going back before 1980. Um, but it's, it's, a, it's a very healthy uh, an unprecedentedly healthy uh, amount of cash reserves. Well, and the question now is going to become, I, I think a lot of people out there, if they haven't already turned off the podcast, they perhaps are, their, their head might be swimming a bit for, maybe, for maybe all the numbers. Maybe I should throw in a reference to Britney Spears' legal trouble or Kim Kardashian and Kanye West. I, you know. <laughs> we'll, we'll save that for the next podcast. Okay, yeah. Um. But this, but this is important, and and the reason why it's important is because the budget gets a lot more interesting when you have more money, yes. and we have plenty of it. And that this isn't even getting into the one point six billion that the state is free to spend more or less, however it wants, with a couple very limited restrictions uh, that we got from Washington D.C. as part of the COVID nineteen uh, uh, relief package. So. A lot of money. It's safe to say that Governor Laura Kelly and Republicans in the state legislature are not going to see eye to eye on how best to spend I, that. I, I don't know why you would say that, Andrew. <laughs> um, no, it, of it, course it, not. It reminds me of Dr. Strangelove. And, gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Yes, exactly. You can't um, have politics in here. This is the Capitol. Right, exactly. I'm, I'm shocked, shocked that politics are going on in the state house. Um, no, I mean, there will be some pretty significant, probably policy differences over what to do, how to react to this, the, this extra, this bulge in revenues. And, and, uh, I talked to the house speaker, Ron Reichman Jr. today, and he, uh, well, by text, I should be clear. Cause and, John is hip. I guess so. Um, anyway, he his point was that you know they're going to look at ways to return some of this money that hard-earned Kansans, hard-working Kansans, helped generate for the state, aka tax cuts. Yeah, because exactly. that's never a loaded subject in Kansas. No, and 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 um, you know Republicans enacted some income tax cuts over the governor's veto this year. They were designed to help provide some relief to individuals and businesses who began paying more to the state because of the Trump tax cuts in 2017. And of course, one of the big things that happened is that those tax cuts on the federal level discouraged itemization. And Kansas law had said, if you don't itemize on your federal return, you can't itemize on your state return. And so some folks were paying more in state income taxes. And so their tax cuts were designed to fix that and some other things. And, and that's an argument. Who benefited and all that is an argument for another podcast. But if you, if you want to hear that argument, you can go back to our podcast specifically on the tax cuts. Exactly. Which uh, was a few months ago now, but as relevant as ever, clearly. Yes. Well, and, and, and what's significant, what was significant about that debate was there the Republican leaders and the people crafting the tax plan reined it in. 
at first the idea was we'll rein it in and see if we can't get the governor's signature. But then it, you know, they wanted the Republicans wanted to make sure that their supermajorities would hold together to override a veto, and they they managed to do that by not expanding the scope of the the legislation they passed. And so the issue for them is, well, now seeing these great revenue figures, are there other things we can do? And, and let's not forget the promise Governor Kelly made during the 2018 campaign to lower the sales tax on groceries. Something which... Which has not, it's not happened yet. And moreover, it hasn't really even been talked about. Not that much. So, uh, I mean, she did a television ad in a supermarket standing in front of, if I'm recalling correctly, a produce display. As as one does. As as one, well, and and talked about how Kansas has, if not the highest, some of the highest sales tax on uh, groceries. Uh, Some states don't even, some states exempt groceries from the sales tax. So that's been a policy debate out there for a while and so that issue could come up i'm sure there are ideas for property tax relief out there floating around and so all of that is out there then of course you're going to have arguments about school funding and social services does the state use some of this money to you know cancel debt do you you know do you view this as a one-time windfall and you put it toward you know, paying off bonds. Or put in the rainy day fund, rainy which day Kansas fund. now has. Yeah, Kansas now has actually has one, formally. And, or do you do one-time projects with it, whatever. I mean, you know, there were, there's even, you know, the idea of, you know, the docking building needs to be repaired. Do you pay for that all in cash rather than issuing bonds and, and stuff like that? Who knows what they'll discuss well, amid their acrimonious debates over critical race theory and, and <laughs> oh God. whether whether transgender girls and women should be allowed on women's sports teams and and i'm mentally stealing myself already and, John, don't yeah and you know whatever whatever uh, social uh issues are out there guns you know abortion well and it has to be noted. Next year is an election year. Yes. <laughs> so neither side is going to want to give ground easily and, and hand over a win to their opposition. And no. I mean, no, but that's, I mean, but, that- but I will say, I mean, the governor has not really had a policy, a flagship policy win, shall we say, thus far. Couldn't wind up getting the deal brokered on Medicaid expansion across the table. This could be a chance for her administration to throw down a gauntlet and propose something ambitious and bold yeah. and using that money to, I don't know, the, the thing I've always talked about is, is something with rural broadband, which is broadly popular, a big deal in a state as far flung as Kansas. And, yeah. And, you know. Well, I, th- I think the governor would disagree with you uh, in terms of the policy, in terms of, I think she would cite school funding. True. Well, and she did run as saying, I'm going to be the education governor. Well, and and of course, Republicans would point out that, you know, there was a court order. <laughs> the base of all of this, a lot of the base of what has happened took place before she was governor. She was in the legislature at the time. But I think she believes that 
she deserves a good deal of credit for the fact that the state is not facing more court proceedings at the moment on school funding. I won't wait into that, but I do think it could, it will be an interesting opportunity for both for both sides to try and get yeah. a big something you can throw on a TV ad and and really campaign on kind of victory uh, and tax cuts would certainly satisfy that. Well, and and and, uh, and tax cuts always work in a Republican primary. Right. That's something that no always... one's ever lost a Republican primary for cutting taxes. I, yeah, if they have, it's been a very long time. Um, that's a good issue for Republicans, um, just as, you know, in a Democratic race, education funding is a great issue. True. Um, so, yes, that will be, you know, what's going to be interesting is next year, both Republican and Democrats are going to be trying to appeal to GOP moderates and independent voters because those are going to be the swing voters. And the, this, I mean, Kelly captured a significant a number of those voters in 2018 to win the race. Helped by her opponent. Well, the uh, very conservative Chris Kobach. The very conservative Chris Kobach. Who is um, uh, apparently suing the federal government down in South Texas. He is actually in a, in a federal lawsuit. Uh, he, uh, he is the attorney representing four sheriffs and a law enforcement group that represents ICE agents. Um, they are arguing that a policy uh, of the Biden administration that essentially discourages deportations of people who didn't come across the border recently or who aren't security or public safety threats, that that violates federal, that policy violates federal law and increases the workload for local law enforcement. Now, of course, it brings to mind that Chris Kobach also was involved in a lawsuit by ICE agents in 2012 against the Obama administration. If I'm remembering that lawsuit correctly, it was over the Obama policy on the so-called dreamers, the the young adults who are here and were brought here by their 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 parents but are in are living in the US illegally um, and of course there have been other lawsuits and other policies and he really even before he became Kansas Secretary of State in 2000 and he was elected in 2010 he built this really big national profile as if you were a conservative on immigration issues conservative in the sense that you wanted a crackdown on illegal immigration and perhaps even more strict just general immigration laws he was kind of the guy that those folks went to to draft stuff so I mean he I mean he was in Arizona he was in Alabama and a couple and other places um, drafting these ideas for for people who who wanted most famously Arizona's show your papers law. We're on a tangent of a tangent. I think. Yes, we we have kind of <laughs> wandered far afield here. Um, um. Coming back to coming back to, to revenue to money, oh. I, I'm sorry, but you know Chris Kobach is always more interesting than revenue. <laughs> I 
our page views on our on the Cap Journal website would agree with that. Yes. Um, uh, one last point, maybe on on revenues. I think that is interesting to note. Um, I mean, we're, there was initially at the beginning of the pandemic a lot of fear over where our, the revenue yes. picture was going. I mean, talk about a billion dollar plus uh, shortfall. And I mean, even as things kind of gradually improved, I mean, we got really good estimates in April. Uh, there are folks who make budget estimates. We won't get too far in the weeds on that. Yeah. Uh, because it gets. State, as I like to say, state officials and university economists. You heard it here first, folks. Um, I mean, th- those are really good projections, and, and we beat them. So, I mean, yeah. it, a lot can change, but I think it, thinking about next year in the election landscape, the best hope for the governor is that this continues. Because yeah. in a good economy, people like to stay the course, and that is probably her most compelling line of rhetoric uh well and and you know today she was talking about her comment her statement was this shows that our efforts to rebuild the economy are are working or something i'm paraphrasing so that obviously is going to be a key argument she's made uh, it seems like every every time a new a company adds jobs or expands or comes to Kansas, there's an announcement out of the governor's office and they keep a running tally of business investment. And, you know, she argues that it's now $6 billion in new business investments since she took office. So, you know, it, it, that seem, I mean, she seems to be signaling pretty clearly that that's going to be a main reelection campaign theme for her that, you know, that, Kansas has really done well economically while she's been while she's been governor and I guess she would argue why would you want to go back to a Republican governor you know uh, if if we're doing if the state is arguably doing so well I think obviously Republicans will talk about other issues conservative values both socially and and fiscally, and they're liable to hone in on the Department of Labor problems and other other issues. So we'll see how that plays out. Also, COVID. They, I think they, I, I think they also would like a discussion of how she handled the pandemic and what she did with businesses and schools. Okay. Well, you've wasted another perfectly good half hour listening to Chillin' in the State House. If you oh, want- it's never a waste, Andrew. <laughs> well, I was I, w- I was evoking car talk, John. Are you car not, talk? Could yes. Not a car talk listener. I remember car talk. Yes. Um, John's right. We're lovely. And if you want to read our lovely written work, you can go to cjonline.com. We have everything you need for state government, state house, and your local. Topeka coverage as well. And John, if they want to find your work, where can that happen? They can go to apnews.com backslash Kansas. And are you on Twitter? Yes, I am. APJD Hannah. And if you want to find me, I am at Andrew Ball, B-A-H-L. And if you want to find Children in the State House, you can do that anywhere fine podcasts are found. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play. Or if you're feeling kind of lazy, you can just go to cjonline.com. We have you covered. We post the podcast there every time we go on the air. John, 
Yes. And uh, you, I, I use Spotify to listen to the podcast because I listen while I'm getting my exercise. You heard it here first, folks. So. Chilling in the state house, the proven way to lose to, weight. To lose weight. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that that statement has not been evaluated by the Federal Food Drug Administration, <laughs> by the way. It should be noted. It should be noted. We're making no real claims about weight loss. You can trust us on everything else, though. <laughs> but thank you all for listening. We really do appreciate it. And we will be back same time, same place. John, thanks yes. for coming aboard. Thank you for having me. Thank you.